put the kettle on. It's time for some F&T. Here's your host, Kirsten Gentle. Welcome to FTNA's F&T Time, a podcast and video series aimed at keeping the industry connected and updated. In a male-dominated industry, it's critical to talk about the issues impacting men and to look at what can be done to improve their mental health and well-being. Too many times men shy away from conversations about their mental, physical and social health, but it's time we put a stop to it. Next week, from the 12th to the 18th of June, it's Men's Health Week. This event is celebrated every year around the world, and in Australia it is organised by the Centre for Male Health at Western Sydney University, a partner of the Australian Men's Health Forum. FTMA wants to highlight this week and help get Australia talking about men's health. In addition to this podcast, we'll be sending members out a bunch of resources that can be used in their workplace. By simply starting the conversation, you will begin to understand that you are not alone. In fact, one in three men experience loneliness, and studies show that men with mates live longer lives. So don't be afraid to reach out to your mates. It's actually healthy to do so. We've lost too many men over the past few years in our industry due to heart attacks or other issues, and I know when we do lose someone, the conversations with people in our industry are really hard to have, but these conversations are vital, and we must be able to communicate these losses. Today we are joined by Jeff Gibson of High and Timber, who recently has gone through quite a journey with his own health. Anyone that knows Gibbo knows that he's a really down-to-earth, salt-of-the-earth sort of person. With Gibbo, we'll be discussing his health and the importance and the benefits of simply talking about it. So welcome, Gibbo. So today we have, uh, we're joined by Gibbo from Hind to talk about uh, men's health. So welcome, Gibbo. Good morning, Kirsten. How are you doing? Very good. Jeff, I was just explaining to F&T Time listeners that it's Men's Health Month and um, I just wanted to talk to you about your health and, and the journey that you've had over the last six months. Okay. Well, it's actually the last 12 months. So certainly over the last 12 months, I suppose my life's been uh, a bit of a uh, roller coaster. Um, about 12 months ago, I suppose I was living a fairly normal sort of life. Um, basically, sort of had a loving wife, two uh, adult daughters growing up, coming through university, uh, starting to plan our sort of, I suppose, next 10 years in our life and everything else. And uh, pardon the pun, but in the blink of an eye, I wake up one morning and I'd lost the sight of my right eye which is very unusual. I mean, at uh, 54, don't wear glasses, never had any problem with my eyesight, no family history of eyesight issues. So it was quite bizarre. So off I went to the optometrist. He sent me straight to Royal Brisbane, a few days in hospital, heaps of tests, blood tests, MRIs, CAT scans. Um, they diagnosed me with an eye injury called Naon. So Naon essentially is a swelling of the optic nerve. Uh, so the optic nerve swells, cuts the blood flow up to the eye uh, and basically reduces the sight in that eye. Um, so it's quite rare. It happens between five and eight people in 100,000 is it about the stats wow. for, for that disease so it's, or injury. So it's quite uh, quite rare um, and quite rare to have it two eyes. So obviously I uh, did the first eye in early July of uh, 2022. Um, and when I left the hospital, they basically said, look, it's quite rare for it to happen in the second eye. There's a 10 to 15% chance over a five-year period you could lose sight of the second eye. So within five months, I was back in the hospital going through the same process as I uh, lost the sight of my, my left eye. Um, so in a case of uh, five months, I'd basically gone from 20-20 vision, not wearing glasses, to being legally blind. Um, so quite an interesting process. Unfortunately, to this day, they still can't tell me exactly the course. It's it's hard not knowing, isn't it, Jeff? That's, I think that's probably one of the frustrating parts of any illness. Well, it's so rare. I think, uh, you know, again, not knowing anyone else that suffered the same thing. You know, I mean, they, they do say it is more common than you think. 
But uh, everyone I've spoken to was just in shock of what's happened and no one had heard of it before. Nobody was aware of it. So it's certainly a fairly rare sort of eye injury, uh, and particularly with absolutely no family history of glaucoma or diabetes or multiple sclerosis or all these sort of common causes. So, yeah, it's quite, uh, quite bizarre for mine. It's certainly sort of changed my life for the last 12 months. What's been the biggest changes in your life? Oh, look, I suppose at the end of the day, it's just getting getting used to living without uh, without sight. So losing one eye was a challenge in itself. Um, so you can imagine putting a patch over one eye and walking around for a couple of days and just do your head in, just having that sort of one-eye vision. You can't see as well when you're driving. You're trying to line things up. You can't get in straight. You sort of really struggle to see stuff. But uh, when I lost the second eye, um, I've got about 5% vision in my left eye and pretty well nothing in my right eye. And so it's really just struggling to get around the house, walk around, uh, you know, just basic things. I mean, getting a glass of water, I put a glass of water on, on the kitchen bench. I'll quite often knock it over because I can't see it. So I have to use dark coloured things. So I had to change my whole life to well, it's all about colour. It's all about uh, touch, um, feel and smell. Yeah. Uh, because I can't see much at all. So I can't can't watch TV, can't watch footy, can't YouTube, can't uh, jump on eBay and spend any money. So all that sort of stuff in my life has changed. Um, going outside, doing, you know, obviously do a lot of work around the yard. We want acreage properties, always some gardening, housework, yard work, shed full of tools, always building something. All that stuff nowadays I really struggle to do. Um, so I suppose what we take for granted as a normal life for me has changed quite considerably over the last 12-month period. And it's not just it's not just everyday life, Jeff, but... You know, you've worked for how long have you worked for Hine? I've been behind for 37 years. Oh wow. So 37 years. No wonder that that I have to I have to give a shout out here to Hine because I mean, wow, what an employer to be with um when you're faced with what you've been going through. Oh look, Hine have been amazing. Um matter of fact, I spoke with Tom Bruce Jones yesterday, our, our chairman from the UK. Uh he's very, very supportive, the whole Hine management team, right through all my work colleagues, customers. Um, I think they're probably in as much shock as I am with what's gone and what's happened because, as I said, nobody I can, I've spoken to yet um, can tell me somebody else they know that suffered a similar sort of injury to their eyes. So it is quite rare, um, quite unique, and certainly life-changing, and not just for me but for my whole family, uh, particularly my wife. Um, you know, she's now gone, to, you know, from being my lover to being my full-time carer. Um, so, you know, I can't survive every day without her. Yeah, just basically daily duties. I mean, logging into Zoom today and some of that stuff I really struggle to do by myself. Yeah. Um, so a lot of those daily things you would normally do. I can't drive a car. I can't go to the shops by myself. I can't go and buy a birthday present. Um, all those sorts of things I suppose we take for granted I can't do any longer. Yeah, I, I know when um, Scott had the log roll on his back in 2004 and it was it was just to the things he said, just even to hang clothes on the line. He couldn't, or, or mowing the lawns. He, yeah. he couldn't do any of that anymore and, and he... For him, it was a all of a sudden he felt like a burden because he needed myself and the kids to step up and and do a lot of things because he couldn't do it in that first couple of years through his injury, and he he struggled with that as as he looked upon it as a burden on the family, whereas we looked at it as this is what just family does, and and it is hard because it's not only affecting you but it is affecting the whole family and everyone you love. Yeah, definitely. And look, even from a work point of view, at the end of the day, I mean, stuff again, running reports or that's of information you would get off your computer on a daily basis. I struggle to do a bit. So just that sort of stuff. So I suppose it changed your senses. And I said, Hind have been incredibly supportive. Um, I said, my brain still works. I can still talk. I can do everything by sea. You always talk, you both. <laughs> that's it. And I, and I suppose I've worked from home now, so on and off for probably the last five years. 
So a lot of people at the end of the day don't see me as any different because, you know, they, they uh, I don't have to look at it face-to-face. I can talk. I can do normal stuff. But if you look at me, my eyes look normal. I mean, as I, I go out and see customers and stuff, they say, but everything looks normal. I say, yeah, that's fine. From the outside looking in, it looks normal. But from the inside looking out, it's shit. Just doesn't, my eyes just don't work. But I could still manage to get around a little bit. I mean, it would be uh, really devastating if you went to total blackout. So, so I've still got a small amount of vision, so I can still manage to... Uh, you know, shower, shower myself, talk myself, feed myself, get around the house. Uh, I do a little bit, but I've got to be incredibly careful because probably my uh, biggest issue is stairs, um, getting up and down stairs. Yeah. Sometimes it can be really hard to see, um, and that's probably those trip hazards are probably something that's, um, you know, a real sort of um, issue for me when I go into the uh, into the real world. Um, but just, you know, just basic stuff, not being able to drive a car for the rest of your life. I mean, living with this sort of injury, thinking the rest of your life you're not going to be able to see stuff, you're not going to be able to do a lot of stuff. And it's that frustration. Your brain wants to do it, your body wants to do it, but you can't see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so that's probably the biggest challenge going forward is, and particularly whilst I'm still reasonably young and active, it's okay, but I suppose as I get older uh, and become sort of less uh, nimble on the feet, these challenges will probably get greater and greater where I'll probably need more assistance, you know, maybe a um, assistance dog or a cane or whatever else to help you get around. So I'm sure as I get older, things will change in my life and things will become more and more challenging. And is there a long-term diagnosis, Jeff? I mean, they don't they don't know what's caused it now. So can they actually determine what the future is? Is there going to be total blackout in the future that they think? No, they're saying it's less than 2% chance of my sight getting any worse. Yep. Uh, so normally when you suffer this injury, I mean, you normally don't suffer a reoccurrence in the same eye. So they're suggesting to me that I shouldn't see any change in my eyesight um, going forward. But unfortunately, it's not reversible. There is no cure. There's no surgery. Um, there's nothing they can do to um, to correct it. Uh, glasses don't do a lot. I do wear glasses every now and then. Um, I can see a little bit more with glasses if I get close to a screen, but glasses don't do a real lot. So unfortunately, there's nothing they can do to uh, improve my sight. You were saying that um, the other day that your other senses have picked up, that you've noticed that um, was that you're mowing the lawn, you can hear whether the yeah. grass is being cut. Yeah, so again, I suppose it's use different sensors. I can't see what I'm cutting, but I can hear the, the blades cutting, you know, it's cutting grass, but it's not cutting grass, um, things like that. I go and fill the lawnmower up. You know, you can hear the fuel come up the, the cap. You can stick your finger and use your finger as a dipstick, um, all those sorts of things. I've just got to, I suppose, try and do things slightly differently. Um, it's listening, hearing, smelling, taste. Um, you know, I go make myself a cup of coffee. I've got to find the coffee. Well, I can't see whether I've got the right bottle or not, but I can certainly smell the coffee smell. Things like that are just different. Yeah. You know, when I make a cup of coffee, I use a white coffee mug. So when I pour the, co- the water in, I can actually see the dark colour eyes in the cup. I use a dark colour cup, I'll overflow it every time. So it's just, I suppose, adapting to different things, um, different colours. Um, you know, yellows, oranges, reds, I can see a little bit clearer than I can lighter colours. Um, so with that sort of stuff. And things like yellow um, thatching on the road for your pedestrian crossing and the yellow edges on gutters. For, for people like yourself, you probably don't even notice them. Yeah. For me, they're incredibly important. Yeah, so little things like that. Um, you know, you just sort of, I suppose, you never um, take into consideration unless you've got no eyesight. You don't even consider the importance of some of those sorts of things. Where nowadays for me, it's just becoming, you know, an important part of my life. If I go to a set of stairs without them, I really struggle. Yeah. But uh, a set of stairs with a yellow uh, safety sort of um, colour across it, it's really, really important for me to help me get up and down stairs by myself and try to do things um, unaided, basically. Wow. And, and Jeff, being in a male-dominated industry, like men don't usually talk about their health. I, I think that 
I know during COVID I'd have calls from members, you know, checking in to say, could you touch base with so-and-so because, you know, they're, they're not coping at the moment. How's it been talking about it? What's the importance of talking about your health and people understanding what you're going through? Oh, look, I think initially when it first happened, I think, um, you know, I was obviously in shock and so was my family, but so a lot of my, uh, my work colleagues and said a lot of customers. Um, you know, as you know, in the industry, the word gets around pretty quickly. Um, and a lot of people weren't came to ring me. They just didn't know what to say. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm still normal. You know, my bodily functions still work okay apart from my eyes. So I was just ringing customers and talking to customers and talking to staff and friends and family about what I'm going through. Um, the first question I said, well, how much side have you got? And it's very, very hard to explain. I used to tell people I could see from here to there. Until you go blind and lose your sight, it's very, very hard to explain to someone what you can and can't see. Yeah. So it's really important, I think, to talk to people. Um, I've now got people ringing me on a regular basis, just checking in, see how I'm going, how's life, is anything I can do to help you. Customers ring up saying, look, can we come around, can we take you for lunch, can we do stuff? So certainly the uh, the support network in our industry has been fantastic, but I think it's important for anybody that suffers any sort of health or medical issue is to, uh, you know, talk about it with people. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no point bottling it up. As I said, you know, 12 months ago, I'd never been in hospital in my life, never had any surgery, you know, reasonably healthy, and then to, to go through this process for me has been quite daunting, quite challenging, um, and it's really just talking to people and, and I suppose discussing the situation and in turn getting the support from the from the general community. Yeah. You know, surprising the people are reaching out to, to offer help and support because your life does change. I mean, basic things you would do, um, you don't think twice about, I can't do any longer. Yeah. So it's you know, incredibly important, I think, that uh, regardless of what injury, you know, be male or female, whatever injury or medical condition you've got, you do find someone you can talk to or people you can talk to and and uh, help you get through the situation. Yeah, look, for me, waking up on the 23rd of January 2014 and I never thought I'd wake up one morning and just be in pain the rest of my life, you know, like every day you're dealing with pain. And and I talk about it and tell people because I don't want people to look at me and go, gosh, she's a lazy so-and-so. Why yeah. isn't she doing this? Well, yeah, I'm in pain. I can't. Um, and I think it's really important to talk about it. And, and I think what I love about our industry and what can help too is is you still got that humour. I remember when I found out, and I, you know, it was Craig Armstrong again up saying, hey, hey, give Gibbo a call. Bring him up and say, hey, go and blow on Freddie because that's what he's told me he's called now. And I'm going, what, what, what's happening? And I just, I like the fact that, you know, and people still take the piss. Yeah, yeah. So all my other faculties still like okay, up my eyesight. I mean, sense of humour, the ability to talk and understand things. And as in your memory, I mean, a lot of stuff, uh, you know, I get my wife to help me um, in the morning to run a few sales reports and bits and pieces. So she'll go to the numbers and I've got to memorise those numbers because I can't read the, the fine print on an Excel sheet or what have you. So it's those memories, those things you've got to do to, to remember when you're talking to people as to what's going on, what's happening. So it's you know, incredibly important to communicate for me in my role yeah. uh, with customers to be able to understand what's happening in the marketplace. Uh, and I said, Hein have been incredibly supportive of me through the situation. And it's just, you know, for me, um, talking to, to people is incredibly important, but also having a job is important. You know, I couldn't wake up in the morning. If I had no no work to go to or no job, I can't sit down and watch a movie. I can't YouTube. What would I do? I can't go out in the garden and pick weeds or plant trees or do too much at all because of my uh, my injuries. So, you know, work becomes incredibly important and so does the, um, the support of obviously family, friends and work colleagues and customers. You know, so it's all about communication and being open and honest with people. So 
I just love the fact that Heinz is a family-owned business and they've got family-owned values. And, and for someone that's worked with them for 37 years, who can talk with a mouthful of marbles underwater? Who has got all that knowledge in their head? You know, like it's it's just brilliant to see and I have total admiration for the fact of, of seeing how they've treated you. Mm, no, it looks fantastic, really. It's because, as I said, without, without work, without Hein, I mean, I don't know where I've been. Yeah. Um, and, look, you do get black holes. And I think everyone goes through these medical situations. You, know, you probably sit back and think, well, how do you survive? You know, how do you survive the rest of your life without eyesight? But I think, you know, every day you go through, you you, you know, I suppose you challenge yourself. Um, life is very frustrating for me um, because I was so hands-on and able to do everything myself. Now, so reliant on someone else helping me. Just simple things like, you know, going at the restaurant and ordering food. I can't even read a menu. Yeah. Um, so I get someone to read the menu to me, choose what I want to eat, and then, you know, try to eat the meal, obviously, without embarrassing myself and my family because I, I can't see quite what I'm eating. Um, that sort of stuff. So all those sorts of things become challenges. Um, so just really rely on people for support. I mean, whether it be work colleagues, friends, family, people in the community. Um, you know, I went to a hardware store the other day and the guy was just so helpful um, because his wife, oh, sorry, his mother had suffered a, a similar injury. She had glaucoma and she's, she suffered blindness and similar age to himself. So he grew up for most of his life with a blind mother. So he understood the situation quite well. He was incredibly supportive of me trying to buy some stuff in the shop. I knew what I wanted. My wife had no idea what I wanted. Um, <laughs> but this guy could really help us. So it's, I suppose, talk to people and, and being, you know, and not being embarrassed, I suppose, about the situation you suffer. 100% there. I, I just think don't be embarrassed that when you said about, you know, not embarrassing the family reading recipe, uh, reading the menus, you're not going to embarrass them. Um, and I think that that's the important part is, is because, you know, recognising what you're going through and everyone does want to help. And and you mentioned the other day about you lived on acreage and, and when the horse got in the backyard, it, it's, you know, when you went out in the dark. Yeah, well, that's it. You just do things without thinking. So we got a horse on our property and uh, I heard him run in the backyard, so I went to chase him and I was home by myself. My wife was out, family were out, and I walked out in the backyard. It was about 8 o'clock at night and I walked down there, all right, and I got down the back and thought, whoops, I can't see anything at all here. This horse could mow me down and I... Uh, I had to sort of stand there for a minute so I could sort of get my senses and work out and I could see a glimmer of light in the distance between you as a house, so I managed to get myself back. But, you know, you just do that without thinking and then you get down and you realise, hang on, this is a silly move. So I've got to sort of try to sort of, I suppose, um, be careful what I do. Um, you know, I go up my shed quite a bit and do a bit of stuff in my shed, but, again, I put stuff down, I can't see it. If I drop something, I can't see it. Um, that's all the challenge, I suppose. That's the frustrating part. You know, you drop a nut on the ground and, and you know, you just can't see it, you can't find it. Little things like that really get frustrating because you know you can do what the brain wants to do, what the body wants to do, but you just can't see what's going on. So I'm so reliant now, you know, on my wife and my family to help me in those sort of situations. We're renovating a house in Maribor, and I mean, again, that's been a real challenge. Um, you know, unfortunately, we, we, um, my sister and brother have been helping us, and, uh, you know, I can sand walls and stuff, but I certainly give me a paintbrush. I don't paint windows and all sorts. So there's things I can do and things I can't do. Um, and I suppose I've got to really focus on what I can do in my life going forward. There's a lot of things I used to love doing, you know, going out fishing in the boat, jet skiing, riding motorbikes, all that sort of stuff I'll never do again in my life. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of things I can do. So it's really focusing on what I can do and getting out and trying to do those things. So that's, I suppose, the big challenge for me going forward is just, you know, understanding what I can do and not getting too, I suppose, upset at what I can't do any longer. So that's a real a real challenge, yeah. So give out any advice on dealing, you know, when someone gets hit with this sort of shit out of left field, any advice for people in regards to how to handle it and, and, and uh, I suppose, you know, start dealing with it? Oh, look, I think it's just, again, communication. I think talk to people, explain to people your situation. 
you know, some people are embarrassed depending on what they're suffering. I mean, as you know, men cross that cancer, all these sorts of uh, illnesses or injuries and, and uh, diseases that, that men can suffer from. They don't like to talk about it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you've got to talk to people. Um, you've got to communicate people and get people to help support you. Um, you know, I think people understand the situation, as I said, particularly with, with my situation. The more and more people that understand my situation, they help me. You know, I go and talk to customers. They're very, very supportive because I know that, you know, I'm trying to help them, but I mean, things I can't do. Um, but it's a matter of communicating and being open and honest with people, um, you know, being, you know, with your family, explain your feelings, talk to them about what's going on in your life, what's happening, what's going on in your mind. Um, because I think, you know, you can go down a, a black hole pretty quickly. Yeah. And as we know, the suicide rate in, uh, in men is growing by the day. Um, so I think it's a matter of being positive, but again, communicating and being open and honest with people and, uh, you know, communicating with what's going on and talking about the situation you're suffering and, you know, how people can help you, what they can do to make your life uh, better and how we can support each other through some of these situations. That's, that's amazing. What's your wife's name? Kerry. Kerry? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I mean, you're batting above your average there, mate, but um, Jesus. Always do. What a, what, what, a, what a beautiful family to stand, you know, to, just to step up and help you like they are. Hmm. Yeah, look, without, without them, I mean, again, I don't know where you'd be at the end of the day. And we've had those discussions. I mean, again, you, you know, you start to think a bit about long term. If, if whatever happened, she had uh, some sort of life-threatening injury that took her out, um, you know, I'd end up at home. How would I survive in a home at my age? I mean, you know, with, uh, with older people, that sort of stuff, it's just something you never think about. It's going to happen in your life. Yeah. Um, but all those sorts of things, unfortunately, are uh, possibilities for me longer term down the track. Um, you know, you sort of, uh, you just don't expect to happen. I'm a, my dad's 93, still lives at home by himself, still drives, still does everything that I can't do, 40 years younger than him. Um, yeah, that sort of stuff's really frustrating to him and for me. So it's, you know, quite interesting that, uh, you know, these sort of things happen, but they just change life for a reason and you just got to get on with it. There's nothing I can do about it. I can't change anything now for what's happened. So I'm just got to learn to live with it and move forward. Jeff, honestly, thanks for thanks for talking to us. I do think it is important in our male-dominated industry for people to talk about their health issues and to feel free to, you know, to reach out. And I think that um, there are a lot of people in our industry um, that do care for you. And, um, you know, I've had a lot of people say, you know, Mark, our, our board member, was like, pass on my regards to Gibbo because everybody knows you, everyone loves you, and I truly thank you for sharing your story. And um, I just think, you know, congratulations to Kerry, congratulations to Hine and and just a brilliant attitude, Gibbo. I just love it. It's, I wouldn't expect anything else from you, really. It's it's um, But it's really beautiful to sit back and see. And it's, yep, yeah, it's something that you wish didn't happen. Yeah. But to, to then just grab it and go, okay, you know, you have your tantrums at the start. I know I did. Um, but you just get on with it and I just congratulate you for the way you've handled it and uh, thank you sincerely for sharing the story with F&T listeners. No, thank you. Thank you. And look, we really support, you know, the support of the industry has been fantastic. I said we've got a great industry and I think, again, it's just sticking together, working together and uh, helping each other. That's the important thing. Yep, definitely. Well, thank you very much, Gibbo. All right, thank you, Kirsten. Thank you. Thanks to Gibbo for being so open about his experience in honour of Men's Health Week. We can learn to be a bit more open about what we are all going through and talk about men's health. Whether it's something like what Jeff has gone through or the sudden passing of Warney or friends in the industry, it is important to have these conversations. For example, how many men finally started talking about their heart health and went to get a checkup after Warney's sudden passing? I know that the Warney wake-up call potentially saved many men's lives as men finally went to the doctors to get a basic checkup. Some had their checkup turned into surgery but it is the visit to the doctor after talking about Warney's death that truly saved many lives. 
Did you know that men in Australia die six years younger than women in Australia? Four in five people who die of heart disease before the age of 65 are men. And suicide, sadly, is the leading killer of men under 55. They say being socially isolated is as bad for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. As mentioned at the beginning, FTMA will be sending out resources for members to talk about health and highlight Men's Health Week. This includes tips to improve men's health, posters, social images and a presentation that comes with interactive speaker notes and slides that can easily be tailored to whoever conducts a talk in your workplace. We encourage members to use these resources and be involved in this year's Men's Health Week. A healthy workforce benefits everyone. Thanks for listening to another F&T Time. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Goodbye.